I want to throw baseball with my son. I want to be able to do anything my daughter wants me to be able to do physically. And so I have a stewardship of this body that gives me the capacity to bless my children, my wife. I can work hard. I need to, I need to think of others with my body, not just myself. You know, it's one of the, one of the phrases that I, I remind myself, like I've got slogans that you know, kind of keep me on track. And one of these is um, that I want to be content, but not complacent. The word Sabbath means cease. It just means stop. And the point is, stop your daily grind and do what refreshes your soul. So one of the things that refreshes my soul is I get in here uh, and exercise. Welcome back to the Building Better People podcast. This is your host, Charlie Lima. I have a special guest today on the podcast, Brian Fisher. He shares his story and he gives some incredible wisdom. Uh, just has a great outlook on life and I hope you're inspired by listening today. My name is Brian Fisher. I'm 52 years old. I work for Grace Bible Church. I'm the senior pastor there. I'm married. My wife, Tristy, is... Uh, um, am I allowed to tell my wife's name? Probably not. So I'll just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm 52 and my wife is ageless and I have two kids. I have a son, Benjamin. He is 15 and a daughter, Anna Joy, who's 12. Awesome, Brian. So we just got done with a workout uh, not too long ago and I know you've been working out here for a while, but I think one of the things that, I, that the podcast has been great about is telling people's journey. So you have been active for a majority of your life, right? Right. So when did you? when would you say was the very beginning, you know, you played hockey and sports in, in high school, junior high. Was that kind of when your fitness journey started? Oh, even earlier. So like what age? Organized sports, probably first grade. Wow. So f- five or six years oh, old. Oh yeah. Yeah. Always been, I've always been involved in, in competition, started with baseball and then uh, added hockey. Later I played tennis and soccer competitively and some basketball. So you know, any anytime there was a, a ball in a court, I was in. Yeah. So that I mean, every year, every summer, you were always doing sports. Yep. And I, I can't. I don't remember a time when I wasn't physically active doing something. And then when did like working out in the weight room start? Junior high or high school? Working out in the weight room actually, we did a little bit in high school, but not a lot. I was playing soccer and tennis and so we didn't put in much time in the weight room then i took a weight training class freshman year at a m and that's kind of where i got hooked on adding weights to my workout you know just seeing improvements you know moving shifting to intramural basketball and other intramural sports seeing the improvement that brought to my life by adding in resistance training weight training wow what year was that that was 1983 or 84. So, you know, I just heard that they've removed that from the curriculum of uh, college students, mm-hmm. which is a shame. You know, obviously for somebody like you, that was your first exposure to weights and, and yeah. strength training. So what were you doing in that class? Bench press, back squats, deadlifts? Like what was the typical workout? The first class I took was machine. So they had all the old Nautilus machines and then they threw in bench I think we did a little bit on squats, but not a lot. It was uh, later on that I started working out with a friend of mine who he's, he's a few years older than me, Andy Rettmeyer, and Andy had been on the powerlifting team at AM. So I began working out with Andy and he had great technique and squats and deadlift and some of the more technical things. And so I began to learn those from him because I'm always, I'm kind of a, a, a learner. Like that's just, I love to, whatever the thing I'm into, I want to learn more about it. 
and I want to do it correctly. And so Andy taught, Andy and I worked out together for, I don't know, 10 years plus. So have you always been tall and thin? Always like been you're, tall and thin. So even at that time you were tall and thin? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not built for powerlifting. <laughs> did that yeah. put any weight on you? Did, I mean, what, did it make you stronger? Could you tell results quickly? Yeah, I could. I mean, it put, it put some weight on me. It put, it added to my strength, but even when I was putting in four or five days in the gym and doing it wisely or intelligently, you know, a lot of variation and uh, rotation of lifts, uh, variation of, of reps and weight, you know, uh, I still, I just, I don't bulk up, Charlie, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, my genetics, you know, I'm, I'm 52 now and, and, uh, for years, people would tell me, well, you know, when you hit 30, you know, that <laughs> didn't happen. You hit 40, that didn't happen. You hit 50. I have, I have cousins who are in their 60s and they're built still just like me. So I, no, no matter how much I you know, eat a lot, I think right now I'm at about 175. And when I was doing a lot of time in the gym and eating really healthy and trying to add calories, I think I got up to 182 was the max. Yeah, that's just how, yeah. yeah. You're, so at that time you were in your twenties when mm-hmm. you were doing the powerlifting programming and mm-hmm. and was that all the working out you were doing or was there anything else? Because sports were kind of done. Were you playing intramurals? No, I was playing intramurals. Okay, so I'd you know I'd, I'd enter three on three tournaments, yeah, and tennis tournaments and table tennis and yeah. you know just to just to compete. So I was doing some cardio at the same time. And so you've always been working out. Was there a break there? You played, you did karate before you came over here. You told me about that. Right. So basically for the last 30 years, have you been involved in some type of exercise mm-hmm. and never taking any breaks? Never. So it's been. Never. And then. Never. I, I mean, I got into other, other things just because I would, you know, maybe get a little bored and want to try something new. And I had a period of time where I was doing a lot of mountain biking and uh, some mountaineering and rock climbing. A friend of mine taught me how to climb and, you know, that kind of really captured my attention. So then I was in the gym kind of with the different regimens. So if I couldn't be climbing, I was just doing pull-ups like crazy to improve my, my hand strength and my lat strength and that kind of thing. But honestly, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think I could point to a week that I didn't do something physical active and where do you think that comes from for you i mean it's been there since a very young age that you've wanted to be active and moving and that's not common i mean let's be honest like 52 years old and never taking a week off and i know with that obviously there may be some travel here and there Mm -hmm. some you know maybe injuries might talk a little bit about that too but that is so rare that's like the half of the one percent that can truly say that i think initially it was probably the competition like and, and not um obviously i prefer winning to losing <laughs> you know everybody prefers winning to losing but losing doesn't devastate me i love the competition like i love being in that moment and uh having having the ball in my hands you know i get to take the shot or i've got to make that serve i love those moments where you're on and um, and I think in time when, when there was less opportunity for maybe the direct competitive things, I would look for alternatives to compete. And if I didn't have those, then just competing with myself in the gym. Can I do another rep? And the reward is, is how I feel. So, you know, I've, I enjoy feeling better. I've, I've always eaten pretty healthy because I know I just I feel better when I eat healthy. Yeah. And... Um, is I have that more one? mental focus when I exercise. And I think for me too, if I, 
if I'm not burning those calories, if I'm not really pushing myself like that, then I notice mentally it's just a little bit harder to focus. I don't sleep as well. Is that one of the things that initially attracted you about CrossFit? Yeah, new learning opportunity. So yeah. you guys are doing some things that I've, I've really never done before or haven't mastered. I can learn new skills, but I think probably the biggest thing is the intensity. So I'm in the gym, but you know, by myself, and so I'm not really pushing, but I loved it. First week I, I come in and we finished a workout and I was laying on the floor. And I was like, <laughs> this is awesome. You know, yeah. and uh, you know, Matt Haynes yeah. comes up, he goes, Brian, are you all right? And I'm like, I'm better than you, right, man. I'm awesome. Right? I'm, not, I'm not complaining that you killed me. I'm loving it. This is, that's what I wanted, you know, because then I recover, I get up and I just feel so, I feel great. You know, and I know that I've done something that's really good for my, my body and my mind and my spirit. And, yeah. uh, you know, my world has been, that's one more thing that in instance keeps my world in order. Mm-hmm. So how long ago was that first workout? It was two years. CrossFit workout, yeah. Right, right. yeah, June, just two years ago. Mm -hmm. So two years. two years. And so in those two years, I know you, so before you came in, did you have any of the injuries or anything in your shoulder? At what point did your arm, something happened here in the last year? Right, yeah, about a year ago. No, I didn't come in, I didn't, I had old injuries, but they were not, they weren't bothering me. Yeah. About a year ago, um, I, I tore a muscle in the you know forearm, and so it was brachialis and brachioradialis um, that I, I strained a muscle there, and it was my own fault. I, I it, it was a combination of some stuff we we're doing in here, but also stuff I was doing outside. So we we had a week where we we're doing a lot of pull-ups, we we're doing a lot of rows, and then I was also mowing lawns with my son. I'm doing the edging, so my my arms extended and strained, and then I would let it rest for a few days and feel a little better. And I just got back on it and I got back on it, got back on it. So I made it a chronic kind of thing. And then I finally realized if, if I don't just rest it, really rest it, it won't heal, which is, you know, that's just a factor of being 52. And I think when you've competed your whole life, it's hard to live in reality <laughs> that your body has changed and there's, there's nothing you can do about the fact that it's changed. You can keep it in the best shape possible, but those changes have significance. One of the significances is that you won't heal as fast if you're injured. So you have to be, you have to be a bit careful. And I haven't been, you know, I, I, I was playing in uh, you know, adult hockey league here when they opened the rink for many years, cause that was my favorite sport. And even in a non-checking league, that's a rough, that's a rough sport. And I remember one time I crashed helmet on helmet with a guy, snapped my neck back and wow. I didn't go into the doctor and get it checked. You know, and I ended up with some arthritis in my neck and I'm, I'm stuck with that. I'm stuck with that now. You just, you don't recover the same way. And I had to learn that I'm 52 and I'm playing against guys who are 18, 19, 20. And even if my skill set is high, my body is not nearly durable like, like theirs is. And um, I, have to, I have to play wisely. If you're in a competitive moment, competitors have a hard time dialing back. Mm -hmm. And so I have to consciously walk into the gym here and, and think about what are my restrictions. Um, I need to not worry about anyone else around me, but uh, the, the body God's given me today mm -hmm. <laughs> and the strengths it has, as well as the vulnerabilities. When you're, you're young, you, you do feel bulletproof. You feel indestructible. And 
uh, it's humbling, but I think it also adds wisdom to our lives that we're not, you know, the body is, is a vulnerable thing. And even in, in youth, health is a gift and it can be, it can be taken away quite easily. And so I think it, the wisdom that's come is it's just made me really grateful. Yeah. I cannot do everything that I could do in my 20s, but I'm so grateful for all that I can do. Well, even just probably getting up there just now earlier with the band and mm-hmm. doing a pull-up again, you're like, man, I'm going to come back. Like, it's coming back. Totally. It is. <laughs> it is. You know? And, and, you, and, and so here's, here's, the, here's the mental choice in the moment. In that moment, I can go back to think about my rock climbing days when I'm strapping a 45 around my waist and doing 18 pull-ups. That day is gone. And I can be grumpy about that and frustrated and bitter, or I can say, you know what? My arm is recovering, and I'm with a band, now doing five pull-ups, and I'm thankful. And, you know, that's more important to me because, you know, then, uh, you know, it, it reflects, uh, I think, a, a character that's grateful. And there's so much strength that comes in all of my relationships when I'm a grateful person. And, um, you know, it's one of the, one of the phrases that I, I remind myself, like I've got slogans that, you know, kind of keep me on track. And one of these is um, that I want to be content, but not complacent. Mm. So contentment is I'm, I'm dealing realistically with the strengths and the constraints in my life. I'm, con- I'm content and I'm grateful and I'm joyful in those moments, but I'm not complacent in that. There are areas in which I can push and grow and get better. So I wanted, I'm going to push in those areas. I don't want to be complacent. I want to be a growing person. So I want to be in my 80s and maybe I, I you know, can no longer do pull-ups, but I can do something. Yeah. And I can be a blessing to the people around me because I've maintained my physical strength and my mental health and my emotional health. That means I can be a blessing. Um, and, and so, you know, really for me, one of the reasons I do, probably you asked a while back about what, what clicked, what, where's the drive, you're not in competition any longer, but it was um, watching other people age, and because they didn't care for their bodies, they were less able to be a blessing in the relationships around them. So when we had our son, you know, we got married a little bit later in life, and then we had four years of infertility, so we had children later, and it was during that time that I, I injured my shoulder, and I had to have surgery. And the reason I chose to have the surgery at that point in time is I thought, I want to wrestle with my son. I want to throw baseball with my son. I want to be able to do anything my daughter wants me to be able to do physically. And so I have a stewardship of this body that gives me the capacity to bless my children, my wife. I can work hard. I need to, I need to think of others with my body, not just myself. Mm-hmm. What was your shoulder injury from at that time? Uh, not sure how, how it started initially, but uh, I had an impingement and so I ended up getting a tear in the rotator cuff. I remember what actually what finally put it over the edge was I was at a, a basketball game and you know they're shooting the t-shirts up into the stands and I reached out oh. to grab the t-shirt and, and I could just feel something go haywire in my shoulder and you know, I walked out of that wow. holding Full, my arm. is just But fully recovered? Uh, mean, yeah. Shoulder, the surgery was, a, you, you, you're glad you did it. I mean, in other words, you would do Absolutely. it again. Absolutely. I would have been more diligent in my rehab at the time. I was a little impatient. And, you know, actually, so when I came in to work out with you, I had not done 
bench press in five or six years because I just had been nervous about pushing the shoulder. And I was like, you know, it's time. I've, I've rehabbed this thing adequately and slowly let's build it back yeah. up. And so that was, you know, it was rewarding to actually get back into yeah. some stuff that I had been nervous about. Yeah. So you're, you're talking a lot about stewardship and about um, being a blessing to a lot of people. And I can't help but think, you know, we all, you know, love to work out for various reasons, but that sounds like it's a big motivating uh, factor for you, mm-hmm. like a big driving force behind your staying healthy. Cause I think beyond, you know, at your age at 52, like you said, I mean, it might not be like I'm going out there playing hockey or soccer. No, or... I'm going to still play. <laughs> <laughs> but you are taking care of your body, right? I mean, um, and, and I know you're very passionate about what you do. You love pastoring Grace Bible Church. Um, so how does this kind of play into that? How does this feed that or fuel that or right. factor into that? Right. You know, some of my staff members, I think, probably get a little bit tired maybe of me pushing on this area. But in my worldview, everything that we have is a gift from God. I didn't, I didn't make myself. I didn't give myself this body that I have or the mind that I have or the personality. These are gifts from God. And uh, as a result, they are stewardships. And since I don't, I don't own them just for me. He's, God has given these things to me and I want to make the most of all of these things, whether it's my mind or my body or the personality or the relationships or the opportunities that I have to uh, do certain tasks or to, to make decisions or whatever. All, all of these things, all of life is, is a gift from God. And if it's a gift, then I have a responsibility to the giver to do the most that I possibly can with each and every gift. My body is just one of those things. And so, you know, even with my staff, I remind them, you, you know, if, you're, if your calling by God is to go and talk about Jesus everywhere, what are you going to take that message with? Well, you're going to take it with your body and your mind and your words and your personality. Those are, those are the vehicles through which you fulfill this calling. And so if you don't care for it, let's say it was God's intent that you take this message that you believe in so deeply about Jesus to the ends of the earth until you're 85, but every day you go eat Whataburger and French fries and a Coke and you have heart disease at age 60 and your life ends at 62. There were 18 years of stewardship that were lost. And what about the loss to your family, your children, your wife, your grandchildren? Now, even if you eat well, and you exercise, and you take care of the body and stewardship. Uh, there, there are still there are no promises and no guarantees, but at least insofar as you were responsible, you did what you could. And so now I'd like for you to speak to because I think you understand this fully. Because you know we we uh, put on our shirts and our walls, and the title of the podcast is "Building Better People." So we believe that anybody who's working out is becoming a better version of themselves. Last year, you had me come speak to your staff, and you really wanted to um, just ignite a fire in them to become healthier, right? I mean, you, you have 80 people, right, between the three campuses, so there's a lot of people that you are, that you are leading, and you understand that being healthy is important. But as any person listening knows this, it's different for you directly to be the one to go tell them that, so bringing in somebody else was some, a, a strategy. Sure. There's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that might actually be in ministry. 
right? And so when we think of building better people, now let's kind of narrow that down to building better people in ministry and how working out, eating healthy, like how do you think being healthy would influence, impact in a positive way people that work in ministry? There are a variety of ways. If you eat well and exercise and sleep well, if you steward this body, which is a temple of the Holy Spirit well, then you will be more mentally alert. It will translate into self-discipline in other areas of your life. I think that exercise is one of those keystone habits that uh, influences other habits and choices in your life. Um, I think that it also lends for you an air of credibility. So if you're, if you're, you're preaching self-discipline in your quiet time, Charlie, you need to consistently be with Jesus, be in the Word, be in prayer, you need to make these decisions, and these are choices that you can make, but uh, you personally never eat well, you don't exercise, uh, you haven't exercised self-discipline with your body, there's a little bit of a credibility gap. You're like, really? Really? I really need to do, do that? But, but you aren't. There's a big area of your life which body and spirit, right? Outer man, inner man. But you're, you, you know, preacher boy, are standing in front of me, and there's this enormous area of your life that you're, you're not exercising self-discipline in the body, but you're telling me to do it in the spirit. Well, the, there needs to be some congruence between the two. So I think it adds to your credibility. I think it adds to your overall physical strength, adds to your mental strength. You can stay, you know, in the passage studying and then consequently teaching. You can teach longer. You have more stamina. Um, I think it adds to your credibility with your staff team as you lead your staff team. I think there are, there are a lot of different benefits. Would you say that anybody working in ministry, of course, is doing incredible work? I mean, they're doing kingdom work, yeah. arguably the work that matters more than every, uh, other work. But how could it hurt their ministry by not taking care of their body? Well, I think... It can hurt it in two simple ways. The first I just mentioned is that there can be some lack of credibility. People may, may not be able to take you completely seriously about um, discipline in the spiritual world if you're not disciplined in the physical world. Uh, I think the other area is uh, stamina within a given day and length of days of your ministry. And I, you know, and I would argue too. I. I don't necessarily think that what someone in ministry does is more important. I think it's the, I think for every Christian, there is a stewardship of relationships that God has given for us to influence them to come closer to Jesus. Uh, people who are in ministry spend, get to spend more of their time helping equip and train others to do that in their realm of, of life and service. But God intentionally places people as owners of a gym, as owners of a law firm, as professors, as uh, moms and dads and coaches, because all people need Jesus. And the pastor, the person in ministry, doesn't have access into all of these different realms of life. And so God intentionally distributes his people. He makes them all unique and different in their their personalities and their giftings and their passions. So I need that believer in the art world to do art 
for Jesus. And I need that teacher in the classroom to teach for Jesus. I need them to not just display Jesus in their character, but also in the words that they speak that encourage people to make a step toward Jesus in their, in their journey of faith. And, you know, I, I think people who are in ministry have a, have a calling to help others do that well in their place. It's just a different calling. Yeah, totally. I agree. I agree with that. So it's, um, it's good that you pointed that out. So you're also a parent, right, mm-hmm. to teenagers, mm-hmm. and um, you want them to be healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Your, your hope is that, you, you know, but, you know, I, I know there's a lot of parents that work out here or a lot of parents that uh, that's a challenge, right? I mean, how do you influence? You had been in here. He was working out. He was loving it. And, He's going to be back in a week. Okay, awesome. <laughs> so um, can you speak a little bit on that and just the the example that you're that you're trying to set or just your hopes and and just how to influence your kids in a healthy way as they get older yeah given given where the culture is today Tristan and I want to be really careful to not let our children become preoccupied with their body and remember again that their body is a stewardship from God. It's a gift. It's made different from anyone else's body. Now, with this gift, take care of it. So our goal with our kids is health. Not a particular body shape or size or even, you know, with Ben, you need to bench a certain level. No, you need to be healthy because I want you to think about the long look of life, right? Think about health for a lifetime. So we want you to be active. And if you don't want to do that sport, that's fine. What are, we, what are you going to be active in? You need to be active in something. For Anna Joy, it's dance. And I've gotten educated about dance. Dance is really physical. She dances five days a week. And when she's not in class, she's practicing things. Her, her strength and stamina is really remarkable. And that's, you know, that's a passion for her. She loves to dance. And you know what we challenge her is, now, when you're out of dance, think about your goals in dance. So eat appropriately as a dancer, sleep appropriately as a dancer, but don't compare yourself to other dancers insofar as God has given you a unique body. This is, this is the gift. Make the most of that particular gift. For Ben, same thing. Um, you know, he ran track and cross country for a while, and he's not doing that now. He's playing golf, but he still needs to you know, be pushing himself, you know, be the best on the golf course you can be, but also be strong, uh, be fit. The best golfers in the world are really strong. I mean, Michael White has a great model for Ben. Michael works out here. He's a professional golfer and uh, Michael isn't working just on his golf game. He's working on his overall health. Michael eats healthy. He, you know, he, he exercises passionately uh, to do the best that he can. And so we really want to get them fixed on Again, the stewardship of their bodies. I think it's it's more challenging with kids to to train them to eat well. You know, in the world that we're in right now, especially as they get older, you know, they can grab when they're out anything they want to grab. And you know, we we've just kind of chosen to to not go full out in fighting that battle. Now we're just trying to plant the seeds for thinking well and wisely about eating. And so. We try to help them understand a balanced diet. You know, you want your carbs and your fats and proteins in, in the right ratios. Um, but 
we have, we've just chosen intentionally that we're not going to battle when they want to get a donut once in a while. That's fine. I mean, when you know, we were kids, we ate donuts. Just, I'm not going to buy you a dozen donuts mm-hmm. and let you sit yeah. and eat a dozen donuts and nothing else. We're going to talk about it yeah. and why that's not necessarily healthy for your body. And then we're going to talk about what are you going to eat in addition to these things throughout the day to really balance your diet so that you're thinking health for long term without becoming preoccupied. Because again, I just think we're, we live in a society that quickly slips into this worship of the body rather than use the body as a tool, use the body as a stewardship. That's a little bit tricky, honestly, with, with our teenagers. And adults. <laughs> I true, mean, not just, true, true. you know, it's everybody. Yep. yep. Um, no, that's, that's, that's a great point. What, um, when Ben was working out here, because I love the dynamic in y'all's relationship and I could see a lot more of it come to life, especially the training sessions we did in mm-hmm. the studio. Um, what do you think working out with him did for your relationship? Well, he and I did Taekwondo together for three oh. years. And uh, before that we had done, you know, I'd coached him in basketball and um, done some coaching with him in soccer and some other things. So I've tried to stay right in the middle of that part of his life, his physical life. Coming in here was really good because he was, you know, entering into teenage years and he really, you know, his strength is just accelerating, even as mine is declining a bit. So, you know, he wants to compete and he wants to compete against me. And and I like seeing him get better and better and better. And I like praising him. I have seen dads who actually are competing against their kid. Dads were reaching back into their own glory days of high school and not letting it go. And it's almost like there's an insecurity in dad as the son. You, you want your son to be better than you. Man, What that's the legacy. I want to leave this legacy behind. So I remember at one point thinking, you know, I want to be able to uh, keep up with him and running at least till he's like 16, right? Well, then he was, I don't know, he was maybe 13 and he started running track and cross country. And within three months, I realized he's gone. I will never, if it's anything over 100 yards, I'm not going to catch him. But I can push him. You know, I can push him. When I'm pushing him and he beats me, I celebrate. You know, he celebrates because he's, you know, there's always something in a son. Like, I want to beat the old man. I don't want to. He's coming into his own manhood. And if he sees me celebrating his victory, then when someone beats him athletically or in the workforce or anywhere else, he can learn to celebrate. Say, you know what? This isn't, life is not all about me. You did something great, and I want to celebrate that great thing that you did. And so I want to model that for him. So we're working out. I'm going to push, and I'm going to push, and I'm going to push. If I beat him, you know, I'm going to say, but you're going to get me next time. You're right there. You're right there. You're right there. And, you know, I don't don't want to put him down. I want to lift him up. And, you know, uh, he has a a really great self-image. He's a strong self-image. He's a strong kid. Uh, he's strong physically. He's built like me, but he's still just really strong. Uh, but he's got a, also a real strong personality, and um, and I want to I want to feed that because I think that we forget how really fragile people are. Even mm. those who appear to be really self confident, if they get nicked constantly by criticism, and that digs deep, and they may pretend it doesn't, but it does, and particularly our kids. So you know we have to tell them no on certain things and we have to discipline them 
but we also are the ones who build the strength of their soul. And, so and I know because of the conversations you do that with Anna Joy too, you know, just the mm-hmm. recital that she had the, yep. the day of the strongman event yep. and, you know, just, but building her up and, and yeah, I mean, she's, she is my, she's my creative and she is, she amazes me. The ideas she comes up with that I never would have thought of. And so I try to feed into that with her. I want to, I want to continue to, fuel that creativity. I see a gift from God in her that's unique from her brother. And so I want to resource that. I want to fuel that. I want to, I want to teach her to celebrate that. And I want to teach her to always remember even that is a gift from God. Right? So now take that creativity, whether it's in dance or whether it's things that she draws or her ability to cook things in the kitchen that are amazing. Uh, she's a gift giver. She's, she is thinking about others. That, that's a gift from God and joy. Mm-hmm. God made you like that. Let's celebrate that. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, we're constantly wanting to fuel the things that we see in our kids that God has placed there. Yeah. So that's... Can't, I, mean, I can't convince her to come do CrossFit with me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay. I'm a dancer, and I don't know if yeah. they would let me go in and do well, CrossFit. Well, she probably can't you know? convince you to go dance with her either. I don't know. I'll oh. dance, man. I'm in. I told her, <laughs> you know, I don't have any innate talent, but you know I'll work hard. <laughs> you will. Yeah. You're a learner. Um, okay, so kind of last closing question, or I guess uh, uh, thoughts, is the, the building better people, which is um, something that... I know you agree with in terms of it's, it's, I've heard you come in and be like, man, I just need to work out, you know, and, but expand on that. Like, what does this daily workout do for you? What, how does it make you a better version of you? How does it overflow into your life? And you've touched on some of these things, but what would you say that, um, that daily hour or, you know, what we just did here with the group of guys, like how, how, how does that fuel your life? it helps create structure for my day. I, I know that I'm doing something that is is really valuable and important for this body that God has given me, and it creates structure. The things that are most important in life, I've learned, you know, the, the big rocks that Stephen Covey used to talk about, you need to put the big rocks into your schedule first. Otherwise, they will get crowded out because all kinds of urgent things are going to come in. So, creating structure there's a time that i'm going to go it's locked into my day and i can build around that so i i build around the things that are most important so time with the lord for me um, time with my wife and my kids uh, time taking care of my body now let's build around some of those big rocks so it's one of the things that helps create structure for my day so that i, I live the way that i want to live so that I, I live in a way that takes the most uh, that, that that most takes advantage of these stewardships and these gifts that I have from God. It's awesome, and I think that that's a unique answer because I ask that question every time, and, and I know there's other benefits that you've touched on throughout the podcast. But I love that because people think sometimes it takes away from structure, right? It's like I got to go do this, or I got to you know, it's working out. It's going to make it my day more stressful, but for you, it kind of adds structure. It adds structure. And, and the fact is I've just learned that if I don't exercise, I don't work out really daily with reasonable rests in to recover. But if I don't do that, the, the remainder of my day is not as productive. Um, my mental focus is not as sharp. So 
you know, back to, again, Covey's illustration that he got from the book of Proverbs, the man who stops and sharpens his axe periodically is going to chop more wood. So he recovers physically, he eats, he drinks, his axe is sharper. So when he goes in, every blow to that tree is more effective as opposed to the man who just chops all day long. And I see so many of my friends and coworkers, they, they think it's noble to just chop all day long and they don't understand, no, you would be better off and the people around you would be better off if you stopped and, and rested. It's an old principle that was laid out by Moses in the law. It's called Sabbath. And it doesn't mean you need to take Saturday off all day and you know follow it as the Jews were prescribed to follow it, but it's a principle in life that came from God's creation. So God creates for six days and then it says he stopped and he rested. And he didn't rest actually because he was tired because he's God, he doesn't get tired. He stopped to rest to set a pattern for us. We're made in his image, but we're finite. And we are best suited to fulfill the callings in our lives when we stop and we realign ourselves mentally, we realign ourselves physically, spiritually, we remember the things that are most important, we're sharpening that axe. So the next blow is more effective rather than letting that axe get dull by constant labor, constant work. So would you consider a workout like sharpening that? It is for me. Yeah. So, and I love the illustration, man. That makes so much sense. It's like a daily sharpening of the ax. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not thinking about work. Um, And also, I think one of the things I love most about coming in here as opposed to going in a gym and doing my own thing is I walk in and you tell me what to do. Matt tells me what to do. (laughs) You know, Blake tells me what to do. Uh, You lead me through this process, stretching myself physically. So there's there's an ability to, to kind of shut off part of my mentally, the, the part of my brain that's been taxed by my work. And instead you, you're feeding into my soul by creating structure for me to do something good for my body. That's a rest for me. You know, others might not define it as rest. No, so but I... Speak, but I'm talking about, uh, it actually, the word Sabbath means cease. It just means stop. And the point is, stop your daily grind and do what refreshes your soul. So one of the things that refreshes my soul is I get in here and I, I exercise. I, you know, m- my wife learned early on for, for vacations, even when we're on vacation, I need to do physical things on, even on vacation because that refreshes my soul. Right? The daily grind of thinking, 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 there's so much mental and interpersonal time for me at my job. I need a, I need a break from that. And this provides that. I love that, man. That's so, so, so awesome. And the, uh, I guess the closing words, you touched on your uh, forearm injury, bicep injury. You touched a little bit about attitude. And so I can say, because I've seen it, is throughout the last year, probably since that injury has been taking place, you still come to the gym and you always have a great attitude. So there's people that get hurt you know, and they think they can't come anymore, right? Because like for you, you couldn't do pull-ups. There was a period of time you couldn't pull a barbell. You couldn't, Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot that you could not do. Um, How There's always something you can do. Yes, I I agree. There's always something you can do. Yeah, we had a, you know, one of our our buddies I work out with here. I mean, I didn't see him for a month and he came back in. Yeah, you know, I, I got this injury and I guess... So why did you stop coming? Because why well, I had this injury. But so why did you stop coming? 
but you could, I said, I'm, I, I've modified stuff for a year, man. You can do something. You can get on a salt bike or you can do push-ups. You can do something that keeps the habit up, it, which I think is so critical, is keeping the habit. Uh, once the habit, a good habit is broken, sometimes it's really hard to start it again. So I'm going to come. Uh, you know, I mean, I came last week and my back was bothering me. There wasn't much I could do, but I knew if I come, I'll move. And I need to move today. So, you know, you gave me a few stretches to do, and that helped me in the process of recovery. If I had been just sitting for the last week and a half, I would be worse off. So, you know, it's, um, I remember a, a story years ago that I read about this guy who he got mugged. I think he was in New York or London's major city, he got mugged. And uh, afterward, he was reflecting on that. And he just said, you know, I just, I thank God that um, I was not the one doing the mugging, right? Like I wasn't in a situation in life which I felt compelled to steal from someone else. I thank God that I was raised in a family where I learned that I'm better off not stealing from others. I thank God that although he took my money, he didn't take my life. I thank God that I have other money that I can use to support my family and share with others. In other words, he just began to go through this whole litany of things that he could give thanks for rather than focusing on the fact, I got robbed. You know, yeah, you got robbed and that stinks. But now, can we move past that? And let's think about all these other blessings we have. Well, that, you know, that's what keeps my attitude, I think really, uh, you know, I feel like God's given, given me that is, keep the attitude on the things that you have. Keep your attitude focused uh, positively on what you have. And that, you know, for me is reflected out here as well. It's frustrating, Charlie. You know, I, I, it's frustrating that you know you can't jump on and do pull-ups with weights on your around your waist. Okay. Contentment. True. But I can do. There's a lot I can do. And you and the other coaches help me say, okay, here's my restriction. Tell me what I can do. Let's not talk about what I can't do. No. Tell me what I can do, and we move forward. Just a better way to live life. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Building Better People podcast where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle.